welcome to the Sports Performance Podcast. If you're interested in staying healthy, becoming fitter or stronger, getting rid of pain, or enhancing your athletic performance, this is the place for you. We're excited to be part of your journey to better health. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Sports Performance Podcast. We have the squad, Dr. Stephanie sporting the new SP hoodie, crop top. Woo-hoo. I feel so trendy. And yeah. so is Dr. Nick. Yeah. How are you doing? Midriff is showing. Midriff is showing, <laughs> belly button out. That's why we're not filming this one. <laughs> Dr. Maris, how are you doing? Doing great. Uh, we are a week and a half into the new year, and uh, we have a lot of people starting some new exercise and maybe returning to exercise, and one of those being running. So today we're talking about how to manage a running injury. Dr. Marissa, what is the number one thing to do? Number one thing to do is to figure out why it happened. Okay. Okay. So let's say it's you rolled your ankle while you're running. Well, we already know why that happened, yes. right? That's an yes. easy. That's an easy running injury to, to say like, ah, oh, this is what. Or I fell and I smashed my knee on the ground when I was running. Yeah. But a lot of the times, running injuries end up kind of coming on pretty slowly, yeah. and you're not really sure why it happened. Um. But the only way to know kind of when that started to bother you is if you're tracking your your training. If you are keeping some sort of diary, <laughs> diary, yeah. some sort of spreadsheet of how much mileage you did, how much mm-hmm. mileage you did, maybe how difficult you thought it was, and also whether or not you had any pain. Because you might find that at a certain point, let's say you, you started with about five miles a week and then you bumped up to 10 and then mm-hmm. 15 and then 20, but maybe at 25, you started to get this knee pain that just kept getting worse as yeah. you bumped up to 30 miles a week and, and 35. Um, but you wouldn't know exactly when it started unless you had been tracking. So that's the one thing that, that I recommend is to track, to does, figure out. Does why it, it have to be like a diary, like a book? I mean, we share your feelings. And- yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm all about that. I mean, mine is fuzzy on the outside, and it's got all these little stickers and everything else. But I mean, an exercise log. Any sort of log is a better there we go. word. Okay, yeah, so yeah. does that? How fancy does it have to be? I mean, what? Uh, how intense uh, is this tracking? Let's do as simple as possible. Okay. Write down the distance that you ran, mm-hmm. the intensity on a one to ten scale, mm-hmm. and the severity of pain. How about that? I like that. Easy. It's three numbers. Perfect. So, and, and this can be a book. This can be electronic in your phone. Yeah. I'm sure there's tons of apps, uh, but it's just something that you can refer to. Yeah. Especially you have mm-hmm. these type of things, right? You can use a different color pen. You can yeah. even use a different color pen on a calendar you might already have. Yeah. Same. Just something yeah. to keep track. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. For those of us who still use paper calendars. <laughs> old school. Old school. So, as part of this, I, I would say number two, and, and we see this often, is that. Um, to change your shoe wear or technique, you know, Dr. Miss, you said overall, we are not talking about a traumatic running injury. We are talking about a traumatic, something that just kind of came on. Mm-hmm. So you don't know exactly where that happened. So for some people, it's because they change shoes or they haven't changed yeah. shoes. Mm-hmm. Both can cause that. Or you change your technique. You read on Women's Health or Running Magazine that heel striking is great for you and you decide to go from a midfoot to heel striker mm-hmm. those type of dramatic changes are likely to cause different stresses across your knee your hip your back and that can also 
translate into pain. So changing shoe wear or technique, being aware of those, um, but then also considering changing either one of those if you have pain. So if you haven't changed shoe wear in six months or two years (laughs) and you're running 30 miles a week, that's significant, right? So mm-hmm. nowadays, what is the what is the recommended dosage for shoe? What's the lifespan of a shoe? Three hundred miles. What are you guys hearing nowadays? Things like three fifty, yeah. Mm, okay, okay. Or like six months. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say it was. I I heard five hundred miles or six months, whichever comes first. Okay, perfect. So just cons- I like three fifty better, honestly. I think Nike told me twenty miles. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you get as many <laughs> Nike shoes you yeah. get. So just be aware of that. So uh, so number two was uh, change shoes or technique to um, see the effect on your symptoms or identify if those were the cause of uh, the actual running injury itself. Right. So especially if you had trained twenty miles as a heel striker and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you you were fine with twenty miles a week and you for your next week you say I'm gonna do I'm gonna run on my toes this whole week. Of course, you're not going to be ready to handle that, and of course, your Achilles is going to get all flared up because you had not, you had not prior, you hadn't trained up to that. So maybe your technique is is affecting it, or you change your technique, or maybe um, you can try running a little bit differently to be able to make things feel better temporarily. And you're talking about you know numbers, all right, Steph? Tell us number three. Like, what is a uh, or sorry, Nick? Sorry, sorry. Uh, what's number three, Nick? How how do we manage running the injury? Sorry, I'm watching my Nike stock rise. <laughs> um, establishing your run tolerance is number three. And what this means is um, you have a baseline of how far you can run, either that's distance or time, without having symptoms, and then how long your symptoms last for approximately 24 hours after your run. Mm-hmm. So if you can run like two miles without having symptoms, that is your baseline, and that's where you start from. And then you build upon that. But if your symptoms do not subside within 24 hours, you have to drop back down to what you were running before that. Yeah. It's just figuring out what you can tolerate, basically. Yeah. Right. So you got no pain and you can run 20 miles. That's great. The minute you hit 21, well, there's a problem. Something is, there's, you either made a big jump or you're just not ready. You have to kind of stay there for a couple of weeks. So that's, it's actually simple math. When you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Marissa is really passionate about tolerance and and understanding uh, where identifying what you can handle across stress, right? It's a number it's of repetitions, right? Yeah, for sure. And yeah. It's, you can only train, you're, you can only recover from <laughs> from from what you can recover from. So yeah. if you, because <laughs> it sounds profound. dumb, it's profound, right? <laughs> so if if you're having trouble recovering from twenty miles a week. Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, I should just try and see if I can do 25 without changing your recovery strategies, whether yeah. that's sleep, nutrition, stress levels, all of that. It's probably not going to work. Yeah. So if you're having trouble oh, adapting man. to one thing, you can't just assume that you push harder and they'll just magically start to work. So what would your, and, and this is kind of beyond this, but what, we've talked about this, I think, in the past. Like, what would be a good progression week to week? I mean, what, what percent jump? Some people do like a 50% jump. You know, they go from 20 miles to 30 miles. Right, I mean that's a huge that's jump. That's a pretty big jump. Right, that's a big jump. Yeah. So traditionally there was the the ten percent rule. Um, I think that that's <coughs> been updated a little bit from mm-hmm. what I know. That if you're running under six miles, mm-hmm. you can jump by as much as thirty mm-hmm. percent. Um, and then if you're maybe between ten to twenty kilometers, you can you can do maybe a twenty percent jump. And then if you're past that uh, per week, then you don't want to 
jump any higher than 10%, but it's really, it's going to be up to the individual. Correct. So you see what you can handle yep. and you have to be able to be self-aware enough to say that, well, that run didn't allow me to move for three days. Yeah. So I should maybe cut back a little for my next one and then rebuild to see yeah. if I can get to that mileage yeah, again. I think that that 10% rule works very well for those either coming back from a significant injury mm-hmm. or they're newer to the event mm-hmm. and sport of running. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, for the more experienced mm-hmm. runners, they can make that jump because they they their tissue kind of knows what that is. Yeah. Um, for somebody, capacity. yeah, they've already had that. And so for somebody coming out after an ACL and they're just coming into running, yeah, that's kind of, that's a slow roll. Mm-hmm. You, you roll yeah. that out slowly. So it varies for everybody. So there's not an, um, a true definitive number. Um, Dr. Steph, talk about that. I mean, talk about uh, what is the number four thing that people can do to help come back from a running injury. All right. So runners are, in my opinion, um, really, Be nice. really <laughs> mentally strong people. Oh, right? love it. Um, and they tend to ignore pain, run through pain. They think yeah. they can kind of um, just ignore it and it'll be fine. But it, my number four uh, way to manage a running injury is to actually monitor that pain in response to your training. So you um, pay attention to what is going on in your body. So if that means break out the log, like yeah. Marissa was saying, um, then do that. But you really need to pay attention to your pain. Um in response to your training. So if you did go up in mileage, yeah. how did your body respond to that? What did your pain tell you? Where is the pain? Is it overall aches and pains or is it a specific spot in your knee or a specific spot in your Achilles tendon? You know, yeah. really pay attention to um, your body's response to whatever training you just did. Yeah, I think the, the biggest part of that is that, you know, you just, you can't, you can't push through it. And, and even the most experienced athletes we see everything from somebody just starting to you know highly competitive marathoners to sprinters to you know cross-country runners and the reality is is that when you have that much stress over a given amount of time you know four thousand steps right in, in that mile or whatever it may be and you do that now for you know 10 miles your body is not ready to handle a large change or you know, you come back from a sickness, you know, you're sick for two weeks. Mm-hmm. You went from two weeks ago doing 10 miles a sure, week. Sure, absolutely. And you it, just coming back. It change. It doesn't matter your age or your profile. You still have to understand it's just stress that your body's not ready to handle. And you have to be able to identify that. And you just can't run through it. And understanding that if you just pull back for two or three days or just pull that miles just Correct. a little bit, it's the difference between having to miss exercising the following week or for up to six weeks. And especially if you're if you're in a cycle where you're training for something, let's say you have a marathon coming mm-hmm. up and you're you are on a strict schedule of, of certain miles that you need to hit in a week. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's true. really hard to listen to your body and back off. True. And you don't fall we see so many people get injured because they ignore what, what their body tells them and they continue to do what their training schedule told them to do. Yeah. When maybe the smart thing to do was to listen to your body, back off for a week, and then hop back on once yeah. the pain goes down. Deloads and running are yeah. starting to be a thing now, which thank goodness they are. Yeah. But yes. normally you would go like to try to train up for a marathon and you would just keep Bad. increasing your mileage by week and week yeah. and week and week and week. But if you maybe did four weeks on and a week of reduced mileage mm-hmm. and then another four weeks of build and then reduce your mileage, you'd probably end up with a lot less risk for injury. Tell me number five. And this to me is probably one of the most important things. Uh, and we preach this every single day. What do you change 
first, and, and I want everybody to be open about this. Do you change the volume, the total mileage, or do you change the pace? Dr. Marissa, start off. Ooh. So it, it depends on what somebody's training for. Mm. So if I have somebody that is training for a marathon, mm -hmm. I'm not going to have them reach 26 miles and then start trying to run faster at 26 mm. miles. Um, but generally in those early stages when somebody's just kind of playing around with the, the injury and trying to figure out what they can handle, I want them to be able to run two miles before they start running a faster two miles. Yes, correct. Yes. Yeah, and so it depends on what they're what they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, but I generally try to try to hit their desired training distance, like mm -hmm. a training distance, before starting to sprint that training distance. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I have uh, equated this to if you've ever um, blown up a balloon, right? And that's your lungs is, is kind of a, a big uh, example for me. If you train exercise and go at high intensity or long duration your ability to expand your lungs is actually pretty impressive the longer you can go because you can sustain that for a given period mm -hmm. of time but if you've never built up um, the endurance the ability to go that long when you try and go fast that if, and you're coming back from an injury those that balloon is deflated you can't mm -hmm. come back and try and blow that balloon up very quickly you have to expand that and give it some space so you can go fast so i like building endurance and it is specific to every single person. I get yeah. that. Um, I think that duration is significantly more important than intensity in general. I'm thinking about where I can very go wrong on this. Uh, in general. <laughs> well, in general. For runners, yeah. supposedly 80% of your training is supposed to be pretty low to moderate intensity. And yeah. only 20% sure. of that is supposed to be high intensity. Mm. But I think that a lot of the times, and I myself did this too when I was a runner, I would go out and try to blow every single workout out of the water. Yeah. Like, PR every single day to try to get faster on my runs. Sounds healthy. Yeah, it wasn't. Turns out it wasn't. Ended up with shin splints for years on years on nice. years. Nice <laughs> intensity with uh, inadequate yeah, volume. Exactly. Nick, what do you think, man? Yeah. You're a big runner. Hmm. As he smiles. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it like Marissa says, it depends upon your goals. Um, but I also like a good mix of both. Yeah. Like I like you know. 20% should be tempo runs or you should be working on some speed work because yeah. um, that's going to help you build overall endurance too as well. Yeah, so, so it's not just total mileage. It's like yeah. a big one. Fair. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It's with the balance, right? And and you got to build miles while you build intensity, but you just cannot build intensity with no mileage. Yeah. That's a good way to think about that. Don't, yeah. don't go out and run sprints if you're, you haven't even built the, the volume on those shins, right? On those knees and yeah. those hips. Mm -hmm. Dr. Steph, you're uh, you're an old runner. Thank you. <laughs> Let me dig myself out of that. You are for a long she's, part of her life. Yes, she's a. I experienced. She's an experienced <laughs> runner. An experienced runner. So, um, yes. What do you What are you a fan of? What do you think? And you've had your injuries. So, what do you think? Oh, I have also had my injuries. Um, you know, one thing I actually discovered after, um, my racing, my running career ended was the value in, um, interval training and how you oh, can huge. get your, your, you don't have to go all out every single run. Yeah. You can actually do some interval training on your speed work days and yeah. get a really good cardio, um, effect. I guess yeah. Without higher stress. Without higher stress on the body. Yeah. And I didn't realize that during my running days. I wish I would did. You're an experienced one. I'm going to dig myself out of that hole. Gonna, <laughs> this is public right now. It's going out to thousands of people right now. Um, so she is not an old runner. She's an experienced. I used to run. Amazing yeah. runner. 
back in another one. <laughs> so uh, thanks for tuning in, you guys. Uh, on behalf of the Sports Performance team, we will see you on the next episode. See you guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Sports Performance Podcast. If you enjoy our content, help us help others by giving us a five-star review. This gives us an opportunity to provide people just like you with great information to stay healthy. If you have any questions, email us at teamsp at sportsperformancept.com. If you want more, head over to our website and sign up for our VIP email list to stay in touch with the latest and greatest. And while you're there, download one of our free reports on back pain, knee pain, ankle pain, or running efficiency. It doesn't matter if you're new to exercise, an experienced personal trainer or coach, healthcare professional or professional athlete. This information is literally for anyone interested in fitness and health. We're excited to keep you healthy and active. We'll see you on our next episode.